You're listening to the Rizzoli and Isles podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Jay. And this episode, we're going to talk about episode two, Boston Strangler Redux. Season one, episode two. Exactly. <laughs> so it starts off with uh, this girl. She gets strangled, apparently. She's watching a newscast on, you know, Boston. And I'm, I have to ask, but wasn't that Janet Tamaro's voice doing the news? I don't know. It sounded like her. Dude, I, I don't even know what Janet Tamaro looks like. She's a woman. Um, Caucasian. <laughs> I guess that from, the, from her name. Yeah, but it sounded like her, so... Yeah, no clue. No clue. Okay. It could have been her. Might not have been her. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, so the girl gets strangled. And that's how we start. Okay, so... <laughs> with, she gets strangled with her pink bathrobe belt, which... I gotta say, not a uh, not something I think anybody would choose to be strangled by, but just saying. <laughs> if she would have wore blue instead, she probably wouldn't have been strangled. She would have been matching. Blue face, blue. <laughs> 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 okay, so next we cut to the softball field. The softball field is so gay. Oh. So Jane is up to bat. Uh, left-handed, by the way. <laughs> Better. I know what team she's batting for. Oh! Do you mean the Boston <laughs> Homicide team? <laughs> yes. That's exactly what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> it's Homicide against Narcotics. Donnie Wahlberg is pitching! Woo! Woo! I was but like, Grant! When I saw, it, saw he was out there, I was like, yes! He's back! Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> He's not back. We were just re- going backwards. I know. <laughs> but yes, I was so happy to see Grant. Oh, I miss him. Yeah, I didn't even know that was his name. I was like, Donnie's back! <laughs> Yay, Donnie! I felt like, you know, maybe one of those kids with the new kids on the block, those 40-year-old women, they were like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> if new kids on the block was before my time. Yes, my Hanson and the Spice Girls kid. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, not Hanson, but definitely Spice Girls. Anyway, so we cut to Mars on the, on the sidelines, and she's cheering on uh, Jane. And by the way, this Mara is not the same Mara from the pilot, so just scratch the pilot. This is the, the Mara we're going to know from now on. Yeah, I totally noticed that. I was like, there's the real Mara. I don't know what happened in the pilot. She was... <laughs> I don't think they knew what direction her character was going in until this episode. Yeah. No. I, and, and of course, she's starting her little Wikipedia thing, so... Yeah, some creepy dude is hitting on her through the fence at the baseball field, and she's sapping it up, which I was like, really? Okay. Yeah, because he's totally hot. No. Ew. But I just can't help but to see Mars like, oh, she's oh. just so adorable and cute. Oh, I was like, I think this is when... I started liking more. I think it was this episode, because I'm like, oh, she's cute, she's funny, but she was way different from the pilot. I'm guessing, this is what I guess, I'm guessing that it's skipping a couple months, like we're ahead from the pilot, so, because our hair's longer and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine so. Well, and suddenly they have an opening spot for a lieutenant, which they never mentioned in the first one, so. So, Jane is at the bat, and, um... (laughs) Mara is being an amazing cheerleader. <laughs> She's like, go, Jane! 
I was waiting for the pom-poms and give me a J. Give me an A. Give me an N. Give me an E. Yeah, no. What does it spell? J. <laughs> oh, and Jay's like, stop it, Mara. You're embarrassing me. She was embarrassed already. So she... Mara, I mean, not Mara, uh, Jane hits and it's caught, so she's out. And Mara's like, yay, Jane! Like, she doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> right. And she's just like, ugh. Jane's like, Mara! <laughs> and so Mara thinks she's up to bed. <laughs> I know. And poor Corsac's like, what the? Because Corsac was on deck. <laughs> and Mara just runs right past him and she's doing these weird stretches and she's got this ridiculous ridiculous outfit on i don't even know what that it looks like it looks like a uh the olympic swim team outfit i know that's what i was thinking too i was like that looked like a swimming outfit the new ones i was like usa usa (laughs) (laughs) oh man the olympics this year i can't wait i know i'm so excited okay so (laughs) on the first hit on the first ball mara hits it home run yeah what now what Uh, totally she's awesome so while this is going on, and Mara's about to run all the bases, a body falls from the sky. Basically, it's fall from, like, this bridge. Over yeah, an overpass. Yeah. Somebody and... pulled it off an overpass. Right. Pink cloud falls to the ground. <laughs> it was a unicorn. No. Um, <laughs> so then, I'm guessing this is the first time we hear the theme song. Yeah, I don't remember it from the first episode. So, yeah. The, the, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I was going to sing it, but no, never mind. We could totally do it. that's how it goes you know what and oddly enough if you change it a tiny bit it sounds almost exactly like the pirates of the caribbean opening music i I don't pay attention to that so i i do i had yeah i was a band geek as a kid so (laughs) yeah watch pirates of the caribbean and you'll notice and i was like oh okay (laughs) So every time I hear it, I think of Pirates of the Caribbean, which has nothing to do with Rizzoli Niles, but hey, I'll take it. It's got Kira Knightley, so. Orlando Bloom. What? <laughs> Bleh. Orlando Bloom. What? Oh, oh my god. Legolas to me. <laughs> he always looked like what? He always be Legolas from Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. That's how I first started liking him. I was like, who is this guy? Hmm. Okay, we're getting off topic. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know we are. Oh, over our theme song. Anyway. So, they're over the dead body, and the guy that Mar was talking to before she made her home run is now asking her out, and Jane's like, really? You're flirting over a dead body? And she's like, when, I, when am I going to do it? Just... Yeah, I know. I love Mar's response. She's like, when else am I going to do it? It's like, come on. <laughs> so, they have a date. And then, while this is all going on, Frankie finds the hubcap. From the car. And is like, yeah. And immediately Frankie jumps to conclusions saying that it's from, you know, the the dude that killed her. And Jane just schools Frankie and is like, there you go. Jumping to conclusions. It's, you don't know where it came from. There's no evidence to support that. And he was like, God, Jane. Okay. He yeah. And cries in a corner. Yeah. She's basically <laughs> saying you're never going to be a uh, detective if you jump into conclusions. Yep. And so... Mars like, you know, he's just he's just looking up to you, Jane. And Jane's like, oh, you're the only child. You know, call me when you have a brother. And Mars yeah. like, wow. Which, 
so true. I have a younger brother, and <laughs> yeah. And I fell for Mara. I was like, I, 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 I get it. You know, I'm the only child too. I don't understand this stuff. So. I, I'm, I'm one to say like, yeah, but I don't understand why you guys would be fighting in the first place. It's that I don't get it. Oh, you don't get it because you don't have a sibling. Okay, I'm sorry. Jeez. Uh. The next we head to the headquarters, and we have Corsac. He passed the sergeant's test, but he didn't get to um, become sergeant because he doesn't have the juice. The juice, which I'm assuming means, like, the political backing and all this stuff. You have to kick a, kiss a lot of ass to get into a position like that. Right. Which, don't worry, he gets it in second season. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, Donnie comes in and... <laughs> We're gonna keep calling him Donnie. <laughs> Donnie. Yeah, why not? I don't know his name. Grant. Okay, whatever, Donnie. <laughs> So Donnie comes in and he's already changed into a suit, which I'm like, why if Jane is in her like regular baseball clothes still and he's in a suit already? What? Because remember, she said we can handle this and he left early. Oh, OK. That makes sense. So he yeah. had time to change. Gotcha. Well, he is now the new lieutenant, which she is not pleased about. And they go back and forth, which I was like, Ugh, I was loving this back and forth angry banter. Because they were going at it. They're going to town, man. <laughs> and we basically... Oh, go ahead. We discovered that they've known each other since they were kids. Yes, because he cheated off of her catechism test. <laughs> I hate when people cheat off my catechism test. Oh, mm-hmm. And he put a duck in her locker in the seventh grade, which is kind of random. Where do you get a duck to put in someone's locker? <laughs> and how would you not hear it? Like... Or let it, like, will it die eventually from suffocation? It's a locker. They have vents. I don't know, but I would hear, like, I would hear that before I get to my locker. Well, I'm sure she would have heard it, but it still doesn't, it's beside the fact that it pooped on her math homework. (laughs) Oh, I've been pissed. That's what, obviously, Jane was pissed, too. How many years later, and she's still pissed, pissed at him? So after that, we head to the morgue, and there are, it's Mara and Jane, and they were talking about the body, and Mara starts counting down, like, how long it would take for you to be strangled to death. Oh. And Jane's like, I got it. You can you can stop. You can stop. Then, it was something happened. I, I think Cart Corsac comes in, and they start talking about the whole Grant situation, and Jane's like, what do I need? What's the easiest painless way or to kill yourself oh and she says some really really technical medical stuff <laughs> which i still don't know what what she said no i have no idea yeah they never explained that which is fine which is fine <laughs> oh no i was kind of interested i was like huh i wonder what she said because apparently it was would she say it was the least painful way to die yeah Or the fastest or... Something like that, yeah. It probably has something to do with a drug or something. And so Frost comes in, and she sees the body, and he starts getting... Corsac started just telling all these weird stories about bodies, and Frost gets sick. Oh, yeah, and he's doing it on purpose, you can tell, because he's going to detail about how this one burned victim, and he peeled the fingers back, and they snapped right off like pretzels. (laughs) (laughs) And Frost starts... Starts gagging and Jay- and Mora's like sink sink, <laughs> so he passes the sink and he runs out, and then Carsack like starts following him and just starts teasing him. He's like, 
you want tomato soup? And I'm like, that's so mean. And the Corsac and Frost relationship starts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the back and forth. So now it just leaves Jane and Mara alone, and Mara thinks that Jane and Grant like each other. Which, she was right. <laughs> yes. I will say, she was, because that last episode, before Donnie left, they would they were like headed in that direction, and I was like, no, he's leaving, motherfucker. <laughs> right. And so Jane's saying, you know, I don't like him, it's totally wrong, and that he called her frog face. <laughs> Frog face. Which, by the way, there was a moment where she just had this little face, and I was like, she sort of has, look like, she has a frog face. Oh, whatever. No, she doesn't. I know, but it was this moment, and I, I started laughing, and Mark started laughing. I was just, we were just laughing at the thought of it. <laughs> yeah, okay. So anyway, Mara goes on saying she has a hot date. Chain's like, whatever, starts leaving, because she remembers she has to... Family dinner. No, she says it's gnocchi night. Right. Which, so, you don't know what gnocchis are. Oh, they're so good. What are they? Are they pasta or something? They're, yeah, it's a pasta and it's a potato filling. You can do all kinds of stuff with it. My favorite is put sour cream and sautéed onions on it. Oh, so good. So good. So we head to Jane's place and we meet uh, Frank for the first time. Jane's dad. Yeah. Him and Frankie are sitting on the couch watching a baseball game, and <laughs> Jane walks in and is like, who invited you to Frankie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love, I just love their siblingship. Yes. And then we get to fall in love with Angela for the first time, because <laughs> she threw potato peels in the sink and clogged the sink up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even though she was in a pilot, we really didn't, all we knew was from the pilots, like, she was mostly worried or whatever. But this is, like, the first time where she's just herself, and she's cooking dinner, and... Yes, and she's she's trying... Her and Jane have an aside while her dad's trying to fix the sink that, you know, Angela clogged. And she's trying to get Jane to convince Frankie to leave the police force by saying, you know, oh, she misses having the chance to have kids and get married. <laughs> Jane's like, but I don't. <laughs> uh, you see, this is the Jane I like. This is the Angela that I love. <laughs> right. So, yeah, so Angela really wants grandkids, basically. She just wants some babies. Babies, babies. This is not the first, and this will not be the last. She tells this to Jane. Yeah. Or Frankie. Or <laughs> so then we head to the crime scene because Jane gets a phone call. And <laughs> apparently... Oh, yeah. Frankie's like, what is it? What is it? Mind your own business, is what she tells him. <laughs> She's like, mind your own business. Fix my sink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and walks out. So, yeah, so we head to the crime scene, and there's two stranglings in one day, and, and so Jane's like, ooh, maybe tomorrow will be stabbing day. Oh, I know. I, I would like to point out, though, this is one of two scenes that they do in this episode where they, it, they do a type of symmetry with the camera, where it, the opening of this, the, this scene where you see the girl in bed strangled with the, with the thing in a bow, with the strangling thingy in a bow whatever it was called i don't know what it's called anyway so both jane and mara leave lean in from opposite sides of the frame and i was like that's really symmetrical i wonder what's going on with that but okay and they do it later on and i was like i wonder if they're trying to highlight the opposite between jane and mara kind of like yin and yang how jane's very bossy and straightforward and you know 
Jade. <laughs> but Mara is kind of light and she's very clinical and all this stuff. So I was like, I wonder if that's what they were trying to do. Wow, and you got that all from that shot? Well, there's another shot too where I'm going to jump forward here and just go right to it. At the very, very last scene when they're sitting in the bar and they're each on each side of the table, Jane's sitting there in a regular just like jeans and a shirt of some kind <laughs> with the beer and there's Mara in a dress and a glass of wine on the other side of the table and even the stuff on the table was exactly symmetrical so like literally cut it down the middle and it's there yeah I, I don't know I just thought <laughs> I have no words I'm just sitting here like what <laughs> are you talking about they were it's it's never mind never mind let's move on Anyway, um, Frankie comes in, and he's there, and Jane's like, what, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm here, this is my new sector, or whatever, and he's saying he wants to learn from the best, and he's like, so where's Corsac? <laughs> that was cute, because Jane rolls her eyes at him. And so, we head to the headquarters again, and they're looking at the, the victims' names, and they find these other uh, victims' names, which are, they're older. Mm. They're from, like, the 60s. And they're Boston Strangler victims. Right. It's a cold case that apparently people believe it's never been solved because they, they feel like they had the wrong guy. So then we head to Mars date, which was really, really cute. Oh, she's so smart. So basically, she starts talking about <laughs> the history of Boston, and She's like, I'm so shocked that this really didn't happen when they said it should have been this and all this stuff. And oh, yeah, she was shocked that Paul Revere actually didn't do the the midnight ride. Yeah, in Boston or something. And I was like, wow, you on the first date? Like, really? Okay. Which I thought she grew up in Boston. Yeah. Then why did she say that when she moved to Boston, she learned that Paul Revere didn't do the midnight ride? What could have happened? Well, she did go to a French school, I think, in France or overseas, or went to boarding school. Yeah, I think the writers just made a mistake. Like she lived here and then moved back. Okay. Mm she went to boarding school relatively young, like nine or ten. So. Yeah, that I knew. But, okay. That could be possible. So he asks, you know, she says she really loves science, you know, because she feels like she's being boring, and um, so the guy's like, no, it's 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 okay. He says, you must know everything. And then she just pauses. I, I don't know why I just like the scene. She pauses and she's like, no, there are some things I don't know. And I was like, what are those things? I need to know what they are. <laughs> and I think for me, from that look, I think those things are socially related. I think it has something to do with emotions and something commu like communication. I think it has something to do with that. Really? Yeah, I just... Which we, I will go more into detail later on, but okay. So then she starts looking at <laughs> her date's face and hands and starts... Well, no, they lean in and kiss, and then she starts looking at his hands. She notices, she notices his cheek is a little dry, because she starts, like, pinching his cheek. <laughs> and then, like, she looks at his hands and the joint flexibility and <laughs> comments on his elongated limbs. <laughs> and asking him questions. Do you are do you have this? Do you have that? And he's like, yes. What are you, what are you doing? And then he's like, no. She's like, this. I think you have Morphan uh, syndrome. 
And he's like, if this is some sort of foreplay, I'm really not liking this. <laughs> it's not working. It's not working. And, he's, and she starts talking about, you know, you can it, it damages your heart and like all this stuff. And the, and he's like, wait, what? Or, I'm sorry, what? And he leaves. He's like, I need to call my doctor. And he leaves her. So. At least he pays first, though. He he did put the money on the table. <laughs> right. That was nice of him. <laughs> yes. So we head back to the headquarters. And it's Grant and Jane, and they're, or Donnie, or <laughs> Donnie and Jane, and they're arguing back and forth about the Boston Strangler, and he doesn't believe her, and Jane's saying it's him, and his whole issue is not letting it, you know, hit his, the press and stuff. Yeah, his problem is political-based, and he's worried about the press and what the people will think, whereas Jane just wants to solve the case no matter what, so. right. And she also says before she leaves, she's like, you used to care about the people and not about the politics. Right. And I will say that from this initial episode, I couldn't stand Donnie Wahlberg at the very beginning when I started watching the show. I, I hated this because of this scene, because he wouldn't let Jane do her job. And, you know, I was always Team Jane <laughs> from the get go. And so I didn't like him after this scene. I didn't like him at all. Yes, I, I wasn't a huge fan of him either. It wasn't until, like, afterwards and then episodes passed. I was like, you know, I'm really starting to miss this Donnie guy. <laughs> so we head to the basement with Jane and Corsac. And they're looking at case files. And Corsac's going on about these cops that were, they died because of the case. Because it was too much to handle. Like, one died of a heart attack. The other killed his wife and killed himself. It just was just, wow. So... Yeah, the Boston Strangler case, he's just showing how hard of it, how hard it was on the Boston Police Department. Right. So he finds this guy named Kenny, who happens to be still alive, who worked on the case. So they go to the Dirty Robber, which is the first time we see the bar. Mm. And our very first guest star, which, <laughs> now that we know the procedure of the show, <laughs> every time there's a guest star, they did it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so he's an old cop and he's going on about oh women cops now and he and jane's like yeah we, we get to drive cars too <laughs> that was funny she was offended but she was trying not to be an asshole about it <laughs> right so he was going on saying you know he never believed that the strangler was caught he thought it was this other guy and so he said it doesn't really matter now and so Jane's like, here, just here's my information. If you know anything, let me know. So we head to the morgue, and we see Mara shoe shopping online. Oh, man, that cracked me up. <laughs> Mara and her shoes. She loves her shoes. She loves her shoes. So Frost... And she quickly closes her laptop when Frost comes in. Yeah, he's like, oh, any news? And, he, and she's like, uh, yeah, I was totally doing work. <laughs> <laughs> I totally was not doing shoe porn. I don't know what you're talking about. So Frost is there, and she starts, you know, she's saying, oh, I'm about to start the wine decision. Come on. And so Frost starts to get sick, and so Mars like, sink, 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 sink. Yeah, she sends him to the sink again. And so he pukes. And so Corsex calls him the BBK, which is, stands for Barf Bag Kid. <laughs> yeah. They, talk, so they start talking about, things like immersion theory and how people get over their phobias and so Mara is like it's very powerful come and then she tries to get him to help her no before that 
Frost was saying, you know, what were you afraid of? I love this part. This oh, is my yeah. this is my favorite part. Mara says, people. <laughs> Live <I've> ones. <laughs> <laughs> and so she says, that's why, that's that's when we, we learn why Mara does what she does. I just love the scene. She goes on, she says, you know, the reason why I'm doing this is because they will never tease me, you know, or talk about me or, you know, judge. or judge me. And she's like, I speak for the dead. And I love that part. Like, I remember watching that and I was like, oh, my God, I love that. It was just a great, great scene. So, yeah. yeah so go back to helping. We're helping Frost. And she's like, inhale. She's like, oh, wait, just actually don't. Don't inhale. <laughs> yeah. She has Frost helping her cut the body. <laughs> Corsac walks in at the perfect time. Or no, not Corsac, I'm sorry. Jane walks in at the perfect time and she's like, oh, am I interrupting something? And, Cors- and Frost goes, no, no, here. And he hands the scalpel to Mara and runs away. Like, please. <laughs> I remember he's like, nope. Uh, he's like, here you go. And I'm just gonna go. And then Jane's like, no, no, you guys can continue. He's like, no, I don't want to be, he says I'm like, I don't want to be in between you guys, or something, he says something similar to that, and I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean, Frost? <laughs> I'm like, he knows. He knows. In the second episode, he already knows that Jane and Mara belongs together. This is why Frost is number one. This is why. So, <laughs> Mara goes on saying, you will want to know if you have Marfan syndrome. <laughs> and Jane's like, did you do it again? <laughs> She's like, you've got to stop diagnosing people, Mara. <laughs> Which makes me wonder, how many guys has she done this to? <laughs> Probably all. <laughs> Every date she goes on, she diagnoses them with some kind of disorder or disease. Right. Like, if she wants, I feel like Mara, if she wants to start a relationship and she dates them, she diagnoses them. But if she just wants to have sex, she's like, ah, I'm just, this doesn't matter. We'll just, we just do it. Yeah. So, Jane's like, I know what, what can um, stop you from thinking about this? Let's practice on uh, swinging the bat. Oh, yeah, the, the bat swing, because Mara was all sad. <laughs> so she grabs the bat, and Mara's standing there, and Jane's like, no, what are you doing? And Mara's all like, what'd she say, moving object, rigid body stance, or <laughs> something like that. Of course, being Mara, she sped out some Wikipedia article, and right. Jane's like, put it down, just give me the bat. <laughs> like just just give me a bat and then i like you can hear you can hear um mara said no don't don't take my bat no don't take it <laughs> and so jane's like oh look i gave you gifts <laughs> <laughs> i brought you presents <laughs> she's like "Ooh, presents so she gets excited and she's like she starts you know gasping she's like what, what did you find she's like oh i thought this was some sort of mini skirt that had in the 60s or 70s or something like that yeah, she's, it was an original designer, she thought it was. <laughs> and Jane's like, I really need you just to get DNA off of it. Not talk about the fashion. She's like, I can't because, you know, too many people have touched it. Yeah. Well, but, but well, the stuff that, she, that she's going through is what Jane smuggled out of the file room in Corsac's jacket. <laughs> Sorry. So next we go to Jane's desk. Okay. So... It's Frost and Jane. They're looking over, trying to figure it out. Frankie comes over and hands Jane pictures. And Jane's like, thanks. And just totally ignores him. Like, don't even pay him any attention. Poor Frankie's like, are you going to look at him? She's like, I'm going to look at him later. Like, 
<laughs> so Frankie leaves all sad. I'm like, aw. Yeah, because he, he says, you know, he, he takes he took the pictures because people are always hanging around their crime scenes and he thought maybe it would help with the investigation and Jane just completely blows him off. So so here comes Donnie. He's mad at Jane because someone told him about the whole Boston Strangler is all over the news. Yeah, somebody leaked about the link between the Boston Strangler victims and the new victims, and he thinks Jane is the leak. And Jane is not, which, I, well, here, I'm going to tell you the leak. The leak was the old guy. Basically, he was the leak. There yeah. you go. <laughs> uh, yes, obviously, the guest stars, the leak, you know, all this stuff. But I love Jane's response. She goes... If you can't take the heat, go back to the drug unit. I was like, ah, <laughs> sing. And I think he said, that's two strikes. <laughs> yeah, two strikes, Jane. And throughout this whole episode, there's tons of baseball references where I'm just like, really? <laughs> you know, when, when Mara's checking the temperature in the body, she's like, well, ballpark, she's been dead. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, we get it. We get it. It's so, we, you don't have to keep referencing. We got it. We got it. So Crow is like, hey, Jane, they're towing your car. And she's like, what? So she runs. And when she tries to get out, there's this guy blocking her. And they're, like, trying to move. And it was so funny. She's like, what? Just get out of my way. (laughs) Yeah, that was funny. So she goes downstairs. And the towing guy tells him that the old cops stopped, you know, stopped the car from being towed. Mm -hmm. And so he, he talks to Jane, give her this, these files and saying, you know, she's a, she's a good cop for a woman. (laughs) Yeah. Poor girl. Poor girl. And Jane's like, thanks. Yes. And go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, no, in this, this scene, I realized why, um, part of why we love it because it's actually, it's really good writing. She talks to the old cop about why, she doesn't she's not married and her what her response is because she dates two guys guys that love that she's a cop and guys that hate that she's a cop and any guy that she marries she loves the job too much you know to give it up and he his response is that the job can break your heart too and i was just like ah that whole dialogue right there was just really well written and you know the whole mara dialogue in the lab about how the bodies don't judge her. I was like, that, that's good writing. I don't know who wrote it, but they did a great job, and I wish we had more of that in season two. I wish a person would have just kept writing that in season two. I don't know. Yeah, it, that was really good, and I, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and she, yeah, he says, you know, why are you not married? And she's like, oh, it's by choice. You know, this is, I choose this. I choose not to get married, you know, and it's funny to think, like, Huh, it's so weird, because, like, now in season two, she's like, ah, I feel like a failure because I'm not married. I'm like, what happened to the Jade in season one who's like, I don't want that. Like, I'd rather be by myself because my job, I'm married to the job. Mm-hmm. And it totally, when he said the job may break, the job breaks your heart, it just reminded me of the finale of season two because she did her job, and because yeah. she did her job, her heart's broken. Yeah, the whole thing with Mara. Right. So, I don't know if that was good foreshadowment or just a coincidence. Probably a coincidence. <laughs> but, yeah. But before he leaves, he's basically saying, you know, there's always that one case, that one case that, that, that gets you. And it totally reminds me of the Hoyt situation, which I wish they never, ever ended, because that could have been that one case. Ugh! 
damn it, Janet. So anyway, <laughs> we um, go back to the uh, head. We're still in the headquarters, and they are looking for Redmond Jones. And so we head to his mom's place. Oh my God, what a bitch! So oh, man, she cracked me up though. She starts going at. The old cop, when he shows up, she's like, you! Because obviously she remembers who he is. <laughs> and then she calls Jane a dyke. <laughs> and then Frost starts talking, and she's like, oh, you must be that affirmative action. And I was just like, oh, wow. Yeah. She's like, what <laughs> island do you come from? And I was like, uh, okay. Right then. So, <laughs> second episode. Okay, here we go. <laughs> So, in the background, we hear Redmond and the old cop fighting, you know, because they're, you know, they're, the pins are on too tight. And, um... <laughs> oh, man. You know, when that happens, you know, it's kind of... Frankie. So, <laughs> so they're fighting and fighting, and Jane and Frost are breaking it up. And so, Frost and Jane goes into the guy's garage and see the missing car. And it so happens to have a picture of the car on the window shield. I'm like, come on, come on. And it apparently was the missing car, it's, and he said it was stolen, because the hubcap was from Frankie. Yeah. So then we go to the brick. Was it the brick? No, no, no. Yeah. No, we go to the, the back to Jane's and Frost's desk, and they're looking, seeing if Kenny is a suspect. And of course that gets all mad, because it can't be Kenny, because he's sick. He's a cop. Yeah. He's a cop, and all this stuff. So apparently uh, Kenny has kidney problems, he has to go to dialysis. Every, I don't know how long. And so then we head to the brick, and that's when Jane finally looks at Frankie's pictures, and it's some creepy guy who's in all of these pictures, and he has a website on dead bodies. Yeah, and strangulation and all this stuff. Right. So we head to his place, which is even creepier. (laughs) He has, like, pictures and everything. And so they arrest him, and so we interrogate him, and he calls himself a, a death enthusiast. Yeah, and he calls Dr. Kevorkian... Dr. K, he associates himself with Dr. K. I'm like, really? He's like, Dr. K. I'm like, why would you call Dr. Kevorkian Dr. K? That's just ridiculous. And so he's like, if I confess, can I see the bodies? And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> no. Oh, oh, that was so gross. She is one effed up mother. Right. So they pulled out of the interrogation room because there's a crime scene. And so we get to the crime scene, and because of how long the body has been dead, it's not the creepy guy, so he's not the killer. He should be put away somewhere, but unfortunately, he's not the killer. More like a padded room than a jail cell, so. <laughs> right. So then, <laughs> they started talking, and Morris says something about people who are more uh, optimistic. Live longer. Live longer. <laughs> and so, <laughs> Jay was like, so she was a pessimist? <laughs> <laughs> I know, <laughs> which Mara is like, kind of looks, her, her look just says, okay, you got me there. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're looking and they see blood on the collar, but it wasn't blood, according to Mora. No. It was the very first time that she goes, it was a reddish brown stain. <laughs> <laughs> and Jane's like, you mean blood? And she's like, no, reddish brown stain. She's like, if I go to the lab, then I can see if it's blood or not. <laughs> <laughs> Which I loved it. I was like, oh, yeah, the real Morris here. <laughs> exactly, because I was thinking, like, seriously, it's it's totally blood. But, you know, in season two, she pulled me wrong. She's like, you see, this is why I said Reddish Brownstain. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> but that 
wasn't until later. It was like a lot of episodes of Reddish Brown Stain. I was like, Mara is blood. Just say, please, just say it's blood. <laughs> we go to the headquarters, but it's outside. And so the towing guy gets the car. And so <laughs> Jane leaves her car. And she's like, I'm. she's looking through evidence on the stolen car where the hubcap is from. She goes into the trunk and she sees this a piece of fabric with blood on it. She puts Which the- is kind of conveniently placed in the trunk. Right. So then while this is going on, her car gets towed. Yes, because she's parked in a no parking zone <laughs> to search this other car. Yes. So she gets called from Mara and Mara to go to the morgue, her and Frost, and they find that it's Redmond's blood on the collar. So then Jane's like, sweet, we can go arrest him. So they go downstairs, and you see it's Frost and Jane, and they find Redman's blood on the collar. So then they head downstairs to go to arrest Redman, and Donnie, task force, are going to arrest him instead, and Jane's like, that's my case. What are you doing in my case? So, you know, Donnie... Yeah, Jane's not on the task force, so she can't make her arrest. Right, it was her case. Didn't like the dude at the time. So then... Yeah. Frankie comes and she's like, Frankie, don't do it. He's like, I have to. He put me on the, you know, on the task force. She's like, oh, this is what you're trying to do? You're trying to get some juice so you can move up to be a detective? And he's like, I don't know what you want me to do, Jane. So Frankie starts to leave. And then we see Angela and Frank comes coming. Yeah, she's like, what are you doing here? But I love, before she even says that, she's like, hi, daddy. I was like, oh, my God, Jane was totally a daddy's girl. Yeah. She's like, mom? She's like, hi, daddy. That was, like, perfect. She was like, mom. And then, like, hi, daddy. (laughs) Oh, man. So, apparently, they were there because they found out her car's been told, and they're going to pick her up so, you know, to go home. And I thought that was so cute. Aw, they're they're such a cute family. She asks Frank why, all of a sudden, he wants Frankie involved in the family business and she's he's like what are you talking about you cut you kids have never been involved or wanted anything to do with the business and so jane just kind of like huh okay right she starts to figure out that it was all angela yeah enough of that so frank you know he's proud of his son for making this big arrest and he's like you know yeah yeah that's good so he's like you okay she's like yeah i'm fine and so she leaves and she goes into the elevator and she gets all mad and she just throws her her badge like she's just pissed off which i would be too i mean you can blame her she worked hard to solve well to kind of solve that case and her arrest gets taken away from her because donnie's being an asshole (laughs) right so then they head upstairs and she's just in there all upset and pouty and i was like oh i just wanted to give her a hug so of course like you know i heard about it it's gonna be okay and it's gonna be fine but then she started she started having this feeling like this gut feeling like something's just not right because it was just too easy which, right, that all of a sudden the blood shows up in the car, and the blood is on the the strangle thingy. Oh, what is it called? The Oh, the um, collar? Yeah, there we go. That the blood was on the collar, and, you know, before where they didn't have any evidence, all of a sudden they have a bunch of evidence that just randomly shows up. So they go to the brick, and they're checking out... No, before that, no, no, before that happens, um, we head to the cafe, and then... We see Mara is there. She gets some coffee. And Kenny starts talking about, you know, that they finally got the right guy. Oh, yeah. And so he starts coughing because he's sick. And Mara's like, oh, you know, can you come to my, you know, morgue? And I want to check you out for a bit. Then we head to the brick. Jane is going off of her gut feeling. And she starts, she asks Frost to pull up the surveillance on the dialysis place where 
Kenny gets his dialysis done. And it shows him walking in, but then five minutes later, look, you know, coming out looking like the Unabomber, he's leaving. She's like, that was quick. So obviously she knows something's wrong. Right, because it's supposed to take a couple of hours for dialysis. Yep. So we head to the morgue, and Mara's checking on Kenny, and he, she's like, when was the last time you went to dialysis? And he said that he went, I don't know, yesterday or something. She's like, oh, that's not possible because you're sick and you're having all these symptoms. Mara's like, I'm going to call your doctor because, you know something's wrong and so when she starts to go toward the phone he comes up behind her and points a gun at her and mars held hostage for the first time this will not be the last time (laughs) oh yes poor mora she's always being held hostage yes and notice every time she's held hostage she's always talking like trying to get her way out of it (laughs) she's like just please you know and like i know why you did this like she's always like like, Mara, stop talking. You're about to get shot. Stop it. So Jane was like, she goes to the morgue. She's like, hey, Mara, can you check on something? And she sees the cop with uh, his gun pointed at Mara's head. And he's like, drop the gun, drop the gun. And she's like, don't do it, Jane. And she's like, shut up. And so, <laughs> so Jane drops the gun. I'm describing it just in case no one watched this part. Jane <laughs> drops the gun. And so Jane and Mara look at each other. Like, before, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain this in detail. So, like, you can see, like, Mara's eyes are starting to water just a bit because she's scared. But then Jane gives her just look like they're looking at each other and they're giving signals. Like, hey. Like, they're basically saying, this is what they're saying. Hey, there's a scalpel right next to you. Use the scalpel. I use the bat and we can work on this. Like, we can do this. <laughs> Basically, that's what they're they're saying. So basically, they're giving eye signals to each other, like they're and you can see it from their from the way their eyebrows are twitching, like they're putting plans together, like how they're gonna do this. So Mara takes the scalpel and stabs the guy in the leg, and then Jane takes a bat and beats the crap out of him. I know, man. She whacks him twice on each side of his shoulders. Which I was like, God damn, Jane, he's an old guy. Go easy on him. <laughs> yes. And the reason why I can see, like, why Mara would, like, fight back, I'm like, well, the guy she's against is old. He's sick. Better chance. Any other guy, no. <laughs> no, no hook, hook, jab, jab is going to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> this guy is up her alley, so she can take him. As Jane, after Jane is done beating this old man, Mara's like, home run. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, with the baseball references. And then Jane says, oh, that was just a base hit. I was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) So they arrest a guy, and then Jane asks Mara if she's okay, and so she's fine. So then we head to the Dirty Robber, and it's just such a cute scene. They're just, like, staring in the distance. There's, like, it's an awkward, like, they don't know what to say. Like, they've almost lost each other. So they're just sitting there. <laughs> I didn't take it as like they were they didn't know what to say. It was a that was a heavy heavy way to end the day. So they were kind of just like wiped out. <laughs> right. So Jane's like, "Okay, I need to break this awkward silence." So she starts talking about Mars' date and saying, "You know, have you contacted the guy?" And the guy apparently called his doctor and thanked Mar for <laughs> diagnosing him. And so Jane's like, "Are you going to, you know, go on a second date and she's like i don't date patients (laughs) (laughs) and um 
Jade's like, really? You're not going to date the guy because you have some weird-ass disease? <laughs> and so Mara just gives her this look, and she's like, can we just not talk about my love life, please? Like, she just doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> and I was like, aww. So then Mara changes the subject, and so Mara's like, so what about you? She's basically like, I don't know if I took it as, like, Looking at it now, and then I saw it as nothing. But looking at it now, I'm like, maybe she's, like, sort of asking Jane this question just to see how Jane feels about certain situations. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at it too hard. I don't know. I think you are. (laughs) I think it was a perfect opening line for Jane to hesitate, and then Donnie walks in. So they can be like, huh, relationship for Jane. Gee. Okay. Which they never follow through on anyway. So Jane said she dates two types of guys. Either the ones that hates that she's a cop or the one that loves handcuffs. So this guy walks up to her. She shows the badge and she just like walks away. She's like, shabam. <laughs> no, it's funny because he's walking up. She's like, watch this. One, two, three. She flashes her badge and he does like a 180. <laughs> that was great. But then as he's walking away, there's another guy that's like giving her the eyebrow raise. And she's like, Z. <laughs> Love handcuffs. <laughs> then Grant shows, well, Donnie shows up, and he comes to apologize to Jane, and Jane's like, yeah, you should apologize because, you know, you were out there arresting the wrong guy, while the real guy, the real murderer, was uh, almost tried to kill Dr. Isles. So he makes this pain expression on her on his face, and Jane's like, yeah, you're here to apologize, sure. And so Mars like, no, no, it's because he has blisters on his feet. <laughs> Which it's his ballast lesions or something like that. Yes. <laughs> Which cracked me up. And he's like, How did you know? And Mara's response was that because he came in limping. <laughs> and so Grant's like, Can I sit here? And then at the same time, Mara's like, Yes, but Jane's like, No. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I don't blame Jane. She's still pissed off. Which I would be too. I. I'm that petty that I would totally hold a grudge. <laughs> so he starts taking off his shoes. She's like, you're totally not taking off your shoes right now. Right, like, right here. He's like, no. And so Mara's like, no, if you want, I can look at your blister. And she's like, no. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> that is gross. So they started talking about their childhood again. And she's like, I still can't believe you were cheating over my test. And he's like, I wasn't looking at your paper. No, he said it wasn't your paper that I was looking at. And he gets up and walks away, and Jane's just like, (laughs) and Mara gives her this look (laughs) that just says it all, (laughs) and she's just like, shut up, Mara. (laughs) I love that look, because I I had the exact same look, I'm like, oh, suck it, suck it now, oh, he was looking (laughs) at Jane, what? And like, even after, when uh, Jane says, shut up, Mara, Mara just like, put her hands on the table and just smiled at Jane. (laughs) Like, I told you so. Oh, you liked you. It was so cute. And we see the very first inklings that Jane and Donnie are, we're supposed to get it on, but they never do. So what was your initial reaction to this episode? My initial reaction, uh, this was the clincher episode. This episode was really well written and they, you know, you could see they'd hammered out their characters and Mara is actually Mara now. (laughs) And, you know, you've got Donnie. So I loved it from the very beginning and seeing it for a sec, you know, the second time around, I still love it. (laughs) Yeah. 
I don't know my initial. I'm trying to think. I think I started to I started to like it a little bit more. You know, the first one I wasn't a huge fan, and now I'm like, this is the second episode, so I still have one more to go to really make my final decision. Because oh. <laughs> you're just weird like that. Dude. I'm just weird. If I like it, I like it. I'm not going to make myself be like, well, you know, I can't make a decision until the third episode. It works for me, so shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, I started, I started to like it and get into it a little bit more, and I sort of stopped paying attention to the crime so much I started I was like hmm, I'm starting to like this the friendship between Jane and Mara and starting to like the characters so it's like okay all right third episode all right I'm gonna give it a shot give it a shot so that was basically my initial reaction so what was your gaydar paying for this episode um I would say this one's just friends they really didn't have a lot of flirting going on between Mara and Jane so yeah, I, I put it at just friends. Yeah, same here. Just friends. I mean, and there's a lot of friendly banter back and forth. So, Woody banter, you know. So, eh. Mm. No, no. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> you can't tell me not to do two choices at a time. And you're like, oh, I could do it. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe I'll change it from just friends to Woody banter then. Unbelievable. <laughs> what? I do the same crap, and it's like the end of the world. <laughs> and you do it, and it's like, yeah, I'm gonna do it. It's no big, unbelievable. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, never mind. I'll change it. It's witty banter. It's not just friends, because they did have the whole all the baseball comments and the the back and forth about Donnie and yeah. So okay, witty banter. I'm not talking to you no more. <laughs> I'm. So, I picked one. I picked one. Witty banter. <laughs> That is all for this episode. If you have any comments, feel free to email us at the Isles Podcast at gmail.com. You can also visit our blog at the Isles.blogspot.com. If you would like to subscribe to us on iTunes, just search the Resilient Isles Podcast and it'll be in the podcast section. Thank you for listening. And this case is closed. That was perfect timing.